przed państwem córki dancingu dwóch szerenek chciałam pokazać się z najlepszej strony zmienić coś zmienić zwrócić uwagę zwróciłam wszystko szum 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 samochodów i ulic za gród głowy zostajemy nie ma Welcome back to K Have You Seen? This is the start of season three. Yes, numero tres. Can you believe it? Haters will say it's fake, but we did it. We (laughs) did it. Uh, I am, of course, Kyle, and I'm I'm joined joined as always. Oh no, it's been a while. I forgot how to do this. Let's back that one up. I'm Kyle. I'm Kari. And this is the movie podcast where one of us has seen a movie, and the other one has never seen it before, and we talk about it. Is it, though? That's where things get interesting. So for season three, we've been telling you for a while that we had some new and exciting things on the horizon. Season three, we are really going to focus on our guests. Yes, one of our favorite things. Absolutely. We love our guests. We love the interesting movies that neither Kari nor myself have seen before, and our guests are just itching to talk about. And so we have our first guest of season three. Mm-hmm. Um, special guest, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, uh, I'm Michelle Yay. Bird, as you guys know. Um, yeah, I I guess like starting with how like I'm, you know, relevant to, I guess like the film stuff is with Yollywood. Mm-hmm. So I uh, was a marketing person for Yollywood Film Festival, a Southeastern Independent Film Festival here in Georgia. And then um, I have slowly sort of like not had as much responsibility and as more just like a volunteer cheerleader because I am so busy. But um, but yeah, we uh, we have this like nonprofit independent film festival and we watch a lot of movies and go to a lot of other film festivals. So it was really cool to talk to you guys about stuff because yes. you guys love movies and I love talking about movies and you guys love talking about movies. So absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Michelle is probably one of the first people who has said like, oh my gosh, I have a movie I need to bring. You guys have yes. to watch this. Yeah. So it's super exciting that we're finally getting you on yeah. here. We've been talking about this for at absolutely. least a year. Absolutely, and I, just real quickly to I I do have to uh, like amplify your your shout out for for Hollywood because I think that. You know, it's a small festival, but it is one of the most interesting and entertaining film festival type events that I have been to in a long time. Like this past year, the 2018 event with the screening of Miami Connection was possibly the funniest (laughs) and most fun movie screenings I have ever been to. Kyle was on a movie lover high for days afterwards, glowing. And the opener, like that band Marcus playing the friendship song. Amazing. Yeah. I saw the live stream. I watched the live stream of that on Instagram. So great. So worth it. It. It's so fun. Yeah, I really just like I love like we shine a spotlight on like independent stuff and we get we get to do um, things where we get to show like older movies sometimes and um, it's just a lot of fun like having people who just like love having a good time mm-hmm. seeing movies and we do more of like an alternative we have like more of an alternative vibe so we get to do like more fun stuff and yeah yeah and you are one of my go-to people for like alternative very trendy indie movies I feel like you're always oh. seeing something that I'm like oh I haven't <laughs> heard of that but it sounds super cool oh, including this one yeah so. yes indeed um, and yes yeah, so today's movie is the 2015 Polish mermaid horror musical period piece <laughs> yeah. known in English as The Lure. And um, 
I, if the, if the genre salad that is throughout there doesn't give you an idea of what we're getting into for this movie, Kari, what was how would you describe this movie to someone who's never seen it as like a high level like summary of what it's about? Uh, besides all those words you just said verbatim, um, it's kind of like a funky disco rock opera about two uh, teenage ish we assume mermaids who come to land. Um, Presumably, originally, they're kind of just trying to lure in men to eat into the sea, but they decide to come ashore. Oh, but they say they say very obviously in the first song, we don't want to eat you. So yeah. like, they, they say That's that cool, over and guys. over again. We're fine. Um, and they come ashore, become part of this kind of lounge band, mm-hmm. um, play at a club, kind of both of the sisters start to go their different ways and kind of what they want out of their human experience, quote unquote. Um, and yeah, without spoiling too much, it kind of, the movie follows from there. Also, the mermaids eat human flesh, and it's a musical set in the 1980s, so there's... Oh, did I not cover this one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think disco rock opera definitely covered it from your end of it. Um, just a real quick, uh, the uh, summary that I see here, where'd it go? Shit. I am fascinated. I didn't read the IMDb, some, the official summaries yet, but I... Would love to know how they distill this movie because so, there's a lot happening. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of watching like because after I look at a movie that I like really want to stick my teeth into, I like to have my own opinion about it. So I don't really try and read a lot of reviews until mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel this way about it because I really want to have that like independent thought yeah. about yeah. it. But then I went back to like I re um, I revisited it mm-hmm. and then I um, started looking at some reviews. I just, I was curious, but like no one can really uh, define this. And I really like genre salad. I think that's a very appropriate name. Give us the official. Yeah, so uh, as far as official, I mean, we use official more or less in air quotes. The best one we can possibly find, maybe slightly edited by us. (laughs) The two that I found that were, they're very, very short. And because this movie is like so hard to explain, that's either going to be, you're either going to distill it down like one sentence or like 500 words. Um, so the uh, the one on Rotten Tomatoes just says, Agnieszka Szmozinska directed this offbeat horror comedy about two mermaid sisters who fall for the same man on dry land. Not quite accurate. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, Wikipedia one says, it tells of two mermaids who emerge from the waters and perform in a nightclub. One falls in love with a man and gives up her tail but loses her voice in the process. It's a reworking of The Little Mermaid by Hans, Hans Christian Andersen. That's pretty much yeah. it. But... It was, but Summarizing a movie like this is so hard because any summary is going to leave out so many very important yeah. details. Also, I think we need to add a genre because it is like loosely based on like true experiences. Yes, oh, and that is something what? I definitely want to talk about. Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah. Agnieszka, the director, has said that this is basically like a just a, it's autobiographical, but like distancing herself through the genre. Which I thought was really interesting. Is she one of the mermaids, yeah. or what's the autobiographical well, part? I don't even want to get too into it now. It's a school. Okay. okay. Yeah, so, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so basically, it's kind of like to me. I feel like it's like fate because um, I guess the director, her mother, started working in a nightclub. So at a very young age, she kind of got introduced to this, you know, like nightlife world in the '80s, working in this like bar restaurant, and then. Um, I guess, like, one of her collaborators uh, knows these two women who are sisters and this, like, amazing band. They're the band who scored the film. Oh, and, oh wow. And I think it's called Ballady Romance, I think. Uh, that makes sense. They're credited for, like, a lot of yeah. the songs, so that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and then they also grew up in, like, nightclubs in the 80s, and... 
Um, I, so I feel like the film has that kind of like femininity to it. And it's just, it's like a whole, a lot of like rites of passage that happen that mm-hmm. happen, I guess, like a bun, like all at once because of like the environment they're in. But they kind of like, they had that unique experience. She had that unique, unique experience and they kind of came together to kind of tell this Oh, yeah. I have I have a, a, the quote that basically is what you're talking about oh. here. It says, uh, Director Agnieszka Smajinska called the film a coming-of-age story, echoing her own youth. She recalled that her mother ran a nightclub where she had her first shot of vodka, first cigarette, first sexual disappointment, and first important feeling for a boy. The mermaids were an abstraction that allowed her to tell her story without revealing too much of herself. Oh. Which kind of defeated by revealing that information, <laughs> but that's fine, that's it fine. It also was a good way to compress all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a lot to, that would be a lot of ground to cover and would just turn into kind of a boyhood-type movie where you're just like, wow, like, true life, you know, mm-hmm. watching this girl grow up, but it's an interesting, like, it is an interesting device to yeah, be like, all definitely. right. Well, I love the problem-solving. I love the problem solving of it because I guess um, the two main the two main girls like mm-hmm. weren't very comfortable having this like more like I guess autobiographical type movie made about their lives like uh yeah and so like she came back to them the director came back to them with like well what if it's like mermaids yeah you know yeah. and then I feel like it it's oh. so amazing that it's mermaids yeah yeah <laughs> and I, and I agree I think that it's like it's very convenient to because you know anytime you say that a story a movie is based on a true story or based on your life it gets put under a microscope and people right. are like well that didn't really happen or you said this but this actually happened whereas if you just like say it after that fact is like a throwaway line people are like oh interesting yeah I think it's it's a can of happened (laughs) yeah and I think it also kind of like robs the tone like if you know Mm -hmm. it's based on a true story it's like somehow more serious but this yeah it'd be a real bummer this movie being like such an art house film I feel like um it's really cool how they have like these metaphors and like you know, it kind of like loosely, I don't know how it follows a true story besides the setting and like mm-hmm. maybe some experiences, but I think, um, yeah, like if that, if it was like that and you were like, this is a true story, yeah. I think it would be too stuck on, like you were saying, yeah. like, yeah. this isn't real. Right. So and too like emotional. I felt like the, so much of it was just like the glitz and glamour and the newness of everything you were seeing versus like, oh, like, how are, how are they feeling right now and stuff, which it, we did get into that. But mm-hmm. before we go too deep into the actual movie, tell us a little bit about your background with Allure. When did you first see it? Do you watch it often? Yeah. How does it come into your life now? Okay, so um, we were at the 2017 Chattanooga Film Festival where it screened, and uh, we had, I think we had, like, too much fun and missed it. <laughs> we, could, did not, we did not make it to that screening. Um, so I was always on my radar, and then eventually it came out, I guess, like, um, I don't know if it was when the Criterion Collection released it, but we were doing it at Videodrome in mm-hmm. Atlanta. And um, so we just rented it, and then Mike, my husband, and I sat down and watched it, and we were just like mesmerized and I watched it I didn't like do anything for like a week and I watched it like every day like at least two times a day until we had to return it and <laughs> Whoa. I, 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 I don't ever do that I did that when I was like younger I think I watched Thumbelina like 50 times but like mm. yeah so um I just got like really into it and so um yeah, and I, I can't stop talking about it. And, of course, it's so hard to get people to see movies you like. You're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. you need to see this. It's so fun. Um, but, yeah, and then I just rewatched it again last night. Nice. So what captivated, like, why did you watch it so many times in a row? Like, what, did, what, what was it? Well, I love, like, I love musicals. And I guess um, some history, musicals aren't a huge factor, I guess, in uh, where it's from. Like, it's Polish, Poland. Poland. Yeah. 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 Um, so... I, I really like that approach to genre of like 
musicals and the, the music is like beautiful and it's not like melodramatic and it's mm. I don't know so the music captivated me and just like I love anything with like it's like a little subversive and has magic in it mm. um I didn't like Game of Thrones until I saw there were like uh the White Walkers I was like oh there's magic okay. <laughs> like, I can do this <laughs> um so and I guess just like the story too um I think the original like um Mermaid Tale the one that's more sad is like so much more interesting, and um, I just, yeah, I don't know, like, the whole thing really just captivated me. And that main woman, the one the with the blonde hair. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm terrible the, with names, so. I, well, oh. I, well they're, they're all Polish, Polish yeah. so like, we, we would all be terrible with these names. Yeah. Um, she's amazing. Oh, she's so great. She was captivating to me. I just wanted to, yeah. like, oh, and, like, oh, yeah, yeah, we can go deep yeah. into this. Definitely, but, yeah. Um, uh, well, Kari, what, so what was, like, your first impression watching this movie? It is, I'm mesmerizing is like the best way to put it. It's so you liked it? interesting to watch. I did really like it. I, it's a movie, I felt like I was working really hard the whole time <laughs> to just like follow what was going on. There was a lot of threads. There was a lot, I mean, there's, it's, there's kind of layers of challenge, I think, to watching it because it's in Polish. Mm-hmm. It is a musical in Polish, mm-hmm. so kind of interpreting the songs and interpreting the emotions of the songs, I found kind of difficult just because I was like, Okay, like the songs, at least how they're translated, are super literal. Like there's not a lot of metaphor to them. There's not a lot of like floweriness. It's a lot of like describing exactly what they're feeling or what's going on, I thought. So mm. it's so it's hard to read because I don't think that's like, you know, I think of the musicals I've seen and it's a lot of like very, mm-hmm. very, you know, metaphor-y. It's, but I... I do. I love musicals as well, and I that's what I love about them. I love the, like, just all-out costumes. Mm-hmm. We're just going to break into song, and no one's going to ask questions And so that part totally got me. I Yeah, for even how hard I worked, like, the end, I started tearing up. The I Like, it got me. I was totally hooked for that. Hooked by the lure. Hooked by the lure. But, yeah, I did really enjoy it, and it's it's... It's a weird one, which is kind of fun to see yeah. sometimes that you're just like, I, there's such a, you realize how kind of formulaic and standardized yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of very popular movies are. Not even in a bad way. Like, I, I enjoy that, but you just get used to a rhythm, mm-hmm. and this totally broke that rhythm, so it was kind of fun. Yeah, it's weird, and in such an audacious way that I really, I, I really appreciate that, because some movies that are just weird, it's like... Uh, yeah. Weird for weirdness sake, which yeah. can have its own charm, but most of the time it's just kind of boring and like counterproductive but like I feel like this was like weirdness serving a very specific vision mm-hmm. which is always you know that's so much more interesting to me like like a like a Yodorowsky film or something like that mm-hmm. or you know Buñuel or something that where it's like it's in the service of something it's not just weird for weirdness sake yeah um but then also Kari to your point about like having to work with the lyrics like some of the lyrics in the music, granted, I have no idea what the translation was like because, like, the translation yeah. <laughs> rhymes, which I'm like, there's no way. It's like glucose yeah. and morose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and exactly, like, some. I was trying to listen to the Polish words. I was like, are they rhyming as well? Some of the lyrics were extremely literal. Other lyrics were so, like, impenetrably, uh, like, abstract that I had no clue what I was even, what what was was even supposed to be there. (laughs) So, like, there was a little bit of each, I felt like, in some cases. Um, No, go ahead. I I felt like, almost in a way, how they would, like, 
you know, I okay, I hate glamour people, you know, with their song. It was almost uh-huh. like a spell that they mm-hmm. were yeah. like encanting. Oh, so that was one of the best scenes I thought when Gold has her one song. And I think that might have been one of my no no no, that was not my favorite song. My favorite song was the lure or whatever. The one where they're in the black, or maybe they just call them the lure. The one where they're in the black, yeah, the black dresses and the ripped nylon tights and stuff, and like, yeah, that's a cool scene. The most, the most Polish nightclub song in in the entire film. This did like it felt like a string of music videos at best, and I think that's when I enjoyed it the most when it was just like. All out, balls to the wall, show and, you crazy things, and then change mm-hmm. to something totally different tonally and visually, and do it all again. Like and the and the Polish title, because the Polish title doesn't translate to the lure. Like you know what the Polish yeah. title, Michelle? Yeah, I do. Um, Daughters of the Dance Floor. If Daughters of the Dance Floor, Daughters of the Dance Party. Such a better title, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's way better. Because the lure is what it's like. Their band name. It's but, also but hard the, to the, say the girls. lure. I have, yeah. to, I have to be the, like the lure. The lure, yeah. Like well, the lore, the, 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 the lure. Kari, to your point about listening to the Polish to see what that sounds. In Polish, they say that the name of the band is different. The name of the band is uh, is uh, what is it? Oh, I got it right here. How's it? How do you? How do I write it? Sorki something. Sorki dancingu. Shit. Whatever it was. What? Whatever. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, Pronounce the Polish, please. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, when they when they say the name of the band in 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 Polish, like they're saying is the title of the movie, which is Daughters of the Dance Floor or Daughters of the Dance Party. Also, the pronouncing the Polish. The only reason why I'm able to do this a little bit is because you're Polish. Coincidentally. I do have some Polish lineage, okay. <laughs> but also more more than that in this case was the uh, the first film class I ever took in college was a class on Polish cinema, nice. and it was focused on three specific directors who I'd never heard of before, who were named Andrzej Wajda, Andrzej Żuławski, and Agnieszka Holland. So that leads me to believe that all directors in Poland are either named Andrzej or Agnieszka. A names. A names. In in this case, it is you know another another Agnieszka Agnieszka <laughs> Smoczynska. So again, that's the only reason why I can kind of pronounce some of these words. Which I mean, anyone any native Polish speakers are listening to this, they're like, but you can't though. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but yes, sorry. Um, but yeah, I uh, yeah definitely. Daughters of the dance floor, way better. Definitely think so. There's a good fish pun in there too. Like they could have done something, mm-hmm. something. I'm not gonna think of it right now. But yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> about an hour. Yeah, swimming pool. I don't know. Daughters of the swimming pool. Yeah, I like <laughs> terrible. Yeah. So um, as far as like reviews for this movie, uh, apparently mixed reviews in Poland when it was released, and it didn't really make any kind of a splash there. No pun intended, but mm, it really... That's... No, I'm going to call bullshit but that was Well, that was because, I mean, if there, there's, like, if you get the DVD, you can, like, watch the, um, like, they made, like, a almost, like, a documentary about making the film, I guess, where oh. they do, like, a lot of talking heads, and um, apparently it was, like, very poorly um, marketed, yeah. because, like, how do you market this? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. And it's, like, almost one of those things where there's an advantage, like, a lot of times when you're trying to market a foreign film in America... Or in other countries at all, for that matter. It's like yeah. there's a challenge to like get people to watch it. Whereas in this one, it's like 
the target audience will appreciate the fact that it's a super mm-hmm. weird genreless uh, art house foreign language film. You know yeah. that that is the marketing for the film. Yeah, that's if I had seen this in English. Again, like not knowing how much would be different just because of the translation, but I, I wonder how much credit I would have given it for being like interesting versus confusing, you know? Because there's yeah. a lot going on that sometimes it's hard to keep track of. So would it have, if I had seen this in theaters, it's just like, whatever, another Hollywood film. Yeah. But I've discredited it for being more confusing than I did watching it this time. Well, that was what kind of like bummed me out about watching it last night. Because I like finally like rewatched it after like, I guess I watched it the first time like over a year ago. And I, I was watching it with the lens of, like, talking about it with mm-hmm. you guys and, like, mm. you guys seeing it. And I was like, oh, fuck, there's, like, continuity errors and, like, <laughs> and, like oh, like, why is the scratch in her face now that doesn't happen until later? I didn't notice that before. And, like, they jumped, like, they totally, and, I, and I've seen so many, like, deleted scenes and, like, looked so much, up, like, looked everything up about this movie. So it's, like, I don't, I put the pieces together for myself, mm-hmm. but, like, I guess if there's missing pieces, you know, and you're first watching it, you're probably like, what is this? But I was, I also don't know if, like, when they re-released it with the Criterion, if they, like, cut things out or added stuff, because I was watching it and talking to Mike about, I was like, oh, I don't remember that part, like, him saying that. I'm like, this feels a little, like, clanky here. But then again, it's like, what am I doing? Like, I love this <laughs> movie. Like, I shouldn't tear it apart. Like, it's it, Yeah, and I can, I can kind of see that, because having only watched it once, and you watched it several times, like, I can definitely understand where it's one of those movies where there is just so much happening. And it's a pretty lean movie, too, because it's only, like, 90 minutes long, yeah. right? It's, like, an yeah. hour and 32. And it's, like, so many different things happen. And to me, that's, like, one of those kind of abstract things that I really like about movies. Like, I like movies where a lot of stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Like, it can be action-packed, but if, like, it's not actually doing anything and there's not a lot of just stuff happening, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm out. But it, this movie, it's, like, it's so all over the place, but even within just kind of a tight location, it's because everything seems to happen within, like, a one-mile radius, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot happens within between, like, the house, the nightclub... And the various small street locations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Grocery store. Grocery store. Yeah, the shopping trip. Which, by the way, I had no idea that... I, I believe this is Warsaw. And, yeah. I, I, and I had no idea that Warsaw had that kind of... Like, I've never seen any photos or videos of Poland in the sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> and it I was, was like, oh, yeah. It is, like, the brightest, uh, like, part of the film. It looks like Rome. It almost looks like Rome It's, like, a very, like... Mm-hmm. It's a total departure from a lot of the, like, it's very dark, they're all in one apartment, which is on top of the club and stuff, and then they go on this big shopping trip and stuff. Yeah. But but it's super fun, like, and it's so choreographed, there's so many extras in it and everything, it's wild. And then it's also, like, tonally so different, I feel like, too, Mm -hmm. like, because especially, like, that song with all the choreographing and, like, going out, it's like, that to me felt the most, like, a U.S., like, musical. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And then everything else doesn't. Yeah. It looked a little bit like something you might see in La La Land or something like that, yeah, or maybe. even going back to like more like classic era musical. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and it really did kind of run the gamut of like different styles of musicals, yeah. you know, yeah. it, which I thought was kind of cool. Like even even like some of the non musical number sequences, like early on when they're going through like the back like the the kitchen area of the club, mm-hmm. and like the like the waiters were kind of like wa- dancing yeah. in step or something. That was kind I of cool. That. I have a theory about that. Can we talk? Are we talking yeah. about theories? Let's All right. do it. So I have. a theory about that because it was like so it's a departure from like any other scene where you see the staff mm-hmm. and i and then so that old man do you did you did you catch him smelling his fingers yeah okay so really then he's like gross. what is that smell and oh. then yeah. everyone's dancing so i think and the girls are kind of singing along to 
um, that woman that we love mm -hmm. um, at the top. So I think that they're like, you know, alluring and like, you know, intoxicating everyone and mm. everyone's just oh. feeling it. And that's why they're all like dancing and like in rhythm. You think the mermaid girls even just like singing along even or the, the band? Even is... their presence. Um, and I'll take, I don't want to spoil anything. No, but... we get into spoilers. <laughs> it, honestly, this is like a movie that can't be spoiled because like every individual okay. <laughs> scene is so like arresting on its yeah. own. So, but anyway, yes. But on. I feel like they're kind of like a drug for people. And yeah. um, whenever they go away, that that big fight scene, oh. I feel like that's a withdrawal that they're coming off of from having them Makes around. Sense. Okay, because that scene after the fight where the whole all the band without the mermaids are just like lying around, it definitely seemed like a withdrawal scene because the woman comes <laughs> in, that random blonde yeah. woman comes in and is like giving them IVs and stuff, and they're like IVs they of seem to be straight <laughs> vodka bottles. By the way, yeah. let's, let's not leave that <laughs> vodka, that, that, let, let, leave that out of the equation. I know. Um, not to jump ahead, but like that is my that song is my favorite. Mm. That whole scene uh, is my favorite uh -huh. from the movie. Um, but I also don't know what if that is is that if that was intended because the song is called the loop, and you know it's like when you're an alcoholic, you know you have to like have like you have to like drink to like maintain, and mm -hmm. you get into this like vicious loop of mm -hmm. having to have like normalcy and balance and. And so I don't know if it's just like they're all alcoholics or if it's like the withdrawal or if it's both. Well, that's actually that, that brings me to something that I had a question about. Maybe having watched it several times, you'll be able to shed more insight onto this. Is that band <laughs> like a blood related family? I, I have that question written down. I know. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Okay, because I do have some questions about yeah. kind of the inner relationships there. If, yeah. So we see the main singer giving a blowjob to someone in the beginning. Is that her husband or is that the bassist? Right. Or is that the club owner? I couldn't tell who the guy was. I I, care? I feel like there's so many like metaphors in here. It's like intentionally supposed to be kind of vague. Uh, yeah. But I do think it's the bassist. Oh, and I don't because he's that the one that like comes out. He's like the one that comes out of the room later, but you don't right. know how much time has passed in that right. amount of time. And it's then so at the strange. end, some weird when they're time fighting, pass. he's like the husband of the singer that I didn't realize he was their husband until mm -hmm. way later, but like is fighting the bassist. Yeah. Which it kind of seemed like. Yeah. But then she also includes, uh, accuses her husband of like messing around with the mermaids. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't know if there was any kind of like it's so evidence for that or if she was just like. I think they're just a, a band. Too. Okay. I that's a, I never got a single iota that she was like maternal towards that guy, and I felt like maybe the fight was because mm -hmm. there was something else going on, and she is classic like I'm cheating on you, I think you're cheating on me. It was like mm, that's yeah. what it was. Uh -huh. um, yeah, because I mean. It's very clear from watching, like, five minutes of this film that they have, like, a very, like, th family dynamic, mm -hmm. but, like, also, uh, you know, there's no direct reference to that in the dialogue or anything right. like that. Um, and you're right, like, having, but she does have, like, that extremely, like, very obviously maternal dream mm -hmm. about the two mermaid sisters right. um, at one point with, like, That's the bubbles weird, and like, whatnot. psychosexual maternal dream. Yes. It's a really strange yes. dream. I thought about that too when I was watching. I was like, "Oh, there's so much weird sexual stuff here. I hope they don't yeah. make it like too weird." Um, I mean, it was Polish, so yeah, you gotta, you gotta pass. Uh, yeah, I I firmly don't think they are, but like in reading some of the reviews, people are like, "Oh, the family," yes. and I'm like, "What? No." Yeah, yeah did you black out during that one scene or what? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's it's weird. Yeah, I thought band mm -hmm. the I yeah I guess the drummer and the um, singer are married because mm -hmm. he like leaves his ring yes, at one yeah. point. And I didn't get, but that even that wouldn't have been important. Like they're sleeping together apparently, and I don't know. Yeah. So, but that seems to be the only connection. 
Yeah, I think it's like I think that there was supposed to be like a bigger message too about like you know like um, women just like being used as like mm-hmm. over sexualized, being used as tools, like um, like giving him giving that guy a blow job for like whatever reason mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than like I making love, you know? <laughs> okay. It's like, yeah, I, I think there's a like a lot of like metaphors of like rites of passage and like women being mm-hmm. like mistreated and like not knowing the rules and. Um, I read a good line in because I did some like. I read some of the reviews about this just to, like, help me kind of gather my thoughts. But one of the lines I read was, um, like, saying one of the themes was the roles empowered women are allowed to have in a male-dominated world. Mm-hmm. And that really, I was like, okay, I can understand where that, like, early blowjob, even if we don't know who the man was, how that makes sense. And how, like, kind of the sexual relationship between the bassist and the mermaid, who's this very powerful, like, mm-hmm. you know, man killer, but also is in... Like, yeah, their sexual relationship is pretty one way and then yeah. turns into completely one way. And, yeah, so, I, yeah, that helps me kind of process. Like, as soon as uh, Silver, like, falls in love, it's just, like, the end of her, you know? It's, yeah. like, giving all your everything to someone. And, I mean, and, and I feel like that's what you do when you're young, right? It's, like, all or nothing, like, very mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet. But, like, he doesn't reciprocate that. So it's, like, you can give me a blowjob, but I don't want to have sex with your fishtail. Yeah. yeah. That, okay, I didn't understand how we were supposed to read that scene where she kind of propositions him and he's like, well, you're always an animal to me. I'm not for it. (laughs) And then it goes into kind of a dance, like song number. And then they're in love. Like she doesn't seem deterred by that, but I don't know if that's, we're supposed to be like, Oh, you should have been deterred by that. Or if, yeah, I, I think I saw the director talk. I don't know where this information came from, but it's something about like the tales represent like the shamefulness of like sexuality. You have this like really like, puberty. You have this yeah. like really I re- I read gross, the same thing, yeah. really gross, huge like fish tail that you're supposed to be like you're supposed to be ashamed of, but like you know like men want to like prod it and poke it like that old man does, and like uh-huh. you know like do like really perverse things, and so you have this like ownable like sexuality, and she's like trying to give herself to him, and he's like. Ugh no, I don't want you because you're, like, throwing yourself at me is what I kind of got. Uh, uh-huh. But he's telling her it's because of your fishtail. And then so they go into this, like, underwater paradise, and he's like, but you can give me an underwater blowjob. <laughs> you know? It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting that, like, you know, the the inspiration that was drawn from, like, the Hans Christian Andersen version, uh, the original right. printed version of Little Mermaid, that was, that translates in the Disney Little Mermaid is, was in that way thematically so similar to, like, in this movie, like, that that central theme of, like, yeah, teenagers make dumb decisions when they got a crush on somebody, like, and those teenage problems are very real when you are a teenager, yeah. and, mm-hmm. like, you're acting irrationally, but, like, there's not a soul in the world who can tell you that, and you'll listen to them. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was a really interesting, like, you know, uh, thematic draw to bring, you know, through that these two in- completely different movies on a surface level, which is, you know, Disney, Little Mermaid, and and this film, still have that extremely strong thread connecting them. Yeah. Um, and I found that really fascinating, and, you know, just using that, not just mermaid mythology, but, like, very specifically the story of Little Mermaid as such a such a founding you know piece of inspiration for this movie I thought was really cool yeah well, okay so I saw that Karin had some you had like a theme mm-hmm. and I wrote down a few themes I also grabbed like my work notes instead of my movie <laughs> notes so I'm gonna make sure not to throw those away after this um but yeah I guess like we've kind of touched on like a little bit of like rites of passage for women um the roles of men in the film I found really interesting 
uh, because the guy Triton uh, mm-hmm. is such a fucking Triton. Triton. He's such a fucking tool. Like, oh, and oh, so his whole like, well, you should practice a little more. I was like, ah, yeah. rude. But we, I think as like a woman, you know, like we can relate to like having that like older asshole guy that you're like obsessed with and he shouldn't be and he really sucks, but you're just like, <laughs> ah, he's great. Um, but that guy also plays this, there's another guy, he like plays two people. Really? Yeah. So he, um, when the girls first perform a song and there's like a younger guy, like in the very front of the crowd, like clapping, that's the same guy. Oh, oh yeah. The guy that she tries to now. give her fishtail to. Yeah. So oh. I feel like obviously that, that must be intentional. Wow. So I did not pick that out at all. I feel like there's a, I feel like there's a big thing going on of like, you know, like, mentally want you and you are hard to get and then once they can have you they throw you away it's like a big mm-hmm. thing going on so when she's like i'll give you my fish she's like i don't want it and he but he plays i don't know if he plays like the opposite of the the tree tone character but i haven't quite figured out why that mm. is a thing um but i do think it's purposeful um also the question are they a family no um, <laughs> definitive no yeah but um again yeah just like i think uh just like the rites of passage was like my main thing i wanted to talk about of like women and um like young girls and what they go through and uh yeah it's just like full of firsts yeah that's i mean i had thought a lot about like the mermaidness of this movie and so the the idea that like the fish tail is kind of representing puberty and female sexuality and growing into that, that is really interesting because that's I, I thought it was so interesting just noticing all the things about, like mermaids that had to be interpreted here. Like okay, sometimes you see the Little Mermaid Disney version where she's got this like pretty you know greeny silvery tail and it's so cute and Mm -hmm. this they've got these like huge they're longer than their bodies eel eel tail and they're like anytime they're moving with it it's just it's unwieldy and just gross but um yeah I, i always think it's interesting in like fantasy films how they interpret all the things that you expect from that kind of trope and so thinking about that in the lens of like how it's a metaphor or how it's supposed to symbolize female puberty is, is interesting. Although one thing that like kind of stuck out to me that I, I that kind of has become more clear as we're having this conversation is that um, um, about how like you know the physical like the physical transformation from mermaid human whatever is is exactly like you guys are talking about supposed to be representative of you know the changes that the body goes through during adolescence and puberty and stuff like that it would be a very common device like kind of depict the way that like other people are kind of other people in general like men but also just just in general like ever like other people being like obsessed over those changes happening mm-hmm. in like a young woman's body yeah. whereas like in the metaphor with the mermaid no one is surprised or shocked that mermaids, mermaids are exist. Mermaids are, yeah. people are people are well aware that mermaids exist, and yet a very obvious mermaid attack is like this is stumping us. I don't know, like what's the yeah. deal? Like yeah, people know mermaids never exist. An instance where somebody's like, ah, what is that? Like yeah, you, oh, you're hanging out with mermaids. It's oh, like yeah, even like they they pour water on themselves, and they're like. Oh. Yeah, like, yeah. it's 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 surprising enough to be like, hey, check this out, but not surprising enough to warrant more than a, hmm, weird. Oh, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the old man is like, do they bite? And the guy's like, they're young. I'm like, huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also, does that mean yes or does that mean no? I'm not yeah. Like... <laughs> uh, the, um, 
Yeah, when they first reveal themselves in the full nightclub. That's mm-hmm. another thing that's always interesting in movies like this. It's like, how do people respond to finding out that the fantastical is real? And before they go on stage, the guy's like, okay, like, before your part, don't do anything. Don't, like, tease them too much. Don't put on, don't show them your mermaids, whatever. Like, yeah. keep it, don't reveal the surprise. And then... They do it in the middle of the song, and I was like, oh no, they like revealed the surprise. But it, everybody was just like, ha like, yeah. yep, that was what's supposed to happen. And everyone's just like, ooh, stands yeah, up. A couple it's, of sardines in this giant cup hanging yeah. out. You know? <laughs> wow, I love this nightclub. Yeah. I do wish this nightclub would exist. I would absolutely It actually go. is a real place, I guess. Um, is it called like Adrius? Um, and it was oh, a real okay. place. Yeah, awesome. and. In Warsaw. Interesting. And that is the same club that the two girls, the singers, um, grew up in. Whoa. But it's, like, defunct. It's, like, not open. Mm-hmm. But they were able to, like, film there. Oh. It's funny, like, <laughs> that you say that, like, you wish it was a real place. Like, oh, that was in the way that it's portrayed in the movie. Because, like, it does have that kind of movie thing where it's, like, it's, like... A sort of strip club cabaret, but like a very chaste environment. Other than like a sleazy like manager, like everybody else in there is just like basically at like a classy night out. It's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like again, you know, a just cabaret, Polish, exactly. Yeah. Burlesque. You're you're not there to be gross. You're just yeah. appreciating <laughs> the human body. I wish it was real too, and I love how um, their presence makes people like lose their minds. Yeah. It's just like, oh my god, there's two mermaids here. We're having the best time of our lives. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Um, I also, I wanted to talk back about that scene that you really like when they're on All Black. Yes. And they're singing that song. So I have a theory. Uh-huh. My theory is that, like, that was supposed to be some sort of ending. Mm. Oh, really? Like a happy ending. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh. I wish I could, like, shuffle the film for, like, a happier ending. And, like, <laughs> yeah, right. And it's, like, them being in this, like, powerhouse band, like, making the world go crazy. Because, like, she has that cut on her face, and mm-hmm. the cut doesn't happen till later. And mm-hmm. they're talking about how, like, sick they are of everything. And, and I feel like uh, Golden Sentiment really doesn't reflect that at the time because she wants to stay and be with that guy. Yeah. So it all kind of, it's a little confusing, like, what they're singing about and, like, the continuity errors. So, like, I had a theory that that was maybe intended to be an alternate ending. I could totally gonna, like, see that. Get out of Dodge, then, mm-hmm. like, and then they just like beat this. people and like swim to America. Yes, yeah. it's great. Yeah, they did mention their American yeah. dreams at one point. Yeah. I was like, ooh, I want to <laughs> see that. I we read have a sequel. I, yeah. I I did read one. I think this was from Agnieszka, the director. Um, I don't remember for sure though. Where like I think she said that the um, Smuzinska likened the mermaids to immigrants abused by the locals, used in the sex industry on their way to their real goal, which is to get to America. So mm. yeah, that's I like I, I think that um, you know that was probably not as on the not as visible of a theme throughout probably because we are americans and so like what that looks like isn't as obvious to us necessarily like what european immigrants trying to trying to get here looks like um but i did find that kind of an interesting inter like not interpretation but like intentional like messaging yeah um but also like michelle to your point the idea of like having the kind of mixed up editing thing I like it is a movie where like seems like there's not a whole lot of movies where you can really just like drag and drop scenes like that yeah. and I think that this it's just like the style of this one is really you know doesn't even matter to me other than like yeah. that's a it that it, I'm impressed that it works you know yeah, yeah. I know why does it work because I was watching last night and I was like this would really bug me so much if this is like another movie. I'd be like, wait a minute, but I love it so much. It's so great. <laughs> I think there's like, so much like just 
good, so much fascinating, mm-hmm. you know, that, and clearly you've watched it a lot of times, so it holds up to, Too it's not like the newness that it draws you in, but like, like I said, I had to, I felt like I was working hard throughout this, like I really had to focus, I mean, you have to read the whole thing, yeah. mm-hmm. but also, point about that, but I'll come back to it, um, <laughs> yeah, you have to read the whole thing, there's songs, so you have to like kind of interpret the musicality as you're reading, and there's a lot of threads that come in, and kind of each scene is its own contained it's almost like a string of short films or music yeah. videos, kind of like I said before, but because there's not a lot of just through, okay, this thing happens and that causes this thing. There's a lot mm-hmm. of things. It feels so, almost episodic. Yeah, yeah. It definitely, yeah. So, yeah. And I feel like that kind of keeps you, like just with everything going on, mm-hmm. it's so fascinating that you're willing to forgive it for a lot of the Yeah, you have to fill a lot things. of gaps. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess the, the, the director has a bunch of short films that she originally mm-hmm. did before. This is like her first feature, mm-hmm. which is incredible, I yeah. think. Um, but something else, what was I going to talk about? Oh, yeah. Um, favorite scenes. Like, what were your favorite scenes? Oh, yeah. I mean, I already said the one okay. dance number, which is incredible. Like, oh, yeah. my God, it's so incredible. I want to go back and watch it now. I keep thinking about it. And I'm like, they're I'm so going to YouTube tough. it later. Oh, they just look so cool. And they're like dancing. And everybody else is just like, Whoa, going crazy. And it's shot beautifully. But just, like, they are so mm-hmm. badass. It's, oh, it's so great. I'm going to join a girl band. Yeah. <laughs> I think that my favorite, even though this was the one that grossed me out completely and was, like, physically difficult to watch, no was God. the tail transplant. Yes. Oh. oh. Because it was so fascinating. It was so fascinating, but also so gross. And gross for, like, a lot of reasons. Like, first of all, like, in general, in general, like, in movies, I can handle gore and like guts and things like that but surgery like specifically abdominal surgery is one of those very specific triggers that for me is just like extremely difficult because like I internalize it and I feel it it's really gross but like there were so many first of all I just have to assume that uh that is just what operating surgical facilities look like in Poland especially in the 80s like lay on on a bed of ice (laughs) in a dingy dungeon and then just like poke around with power saws until they figure out what's going on um but then, it, but it was so matter of fact, it felt like almost like it was dragged out of like a Tim Burton movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. That's the only reason I could watch it was because it was so over the top. Cause I'm yeah. like, oh no, this is where, cause they like zoom out. She's on the table and you're like, oh no. And then they zoom out and you see that there's already another girl that's been yeah. cut in half. Who is this like, girl blinks? that's getting the tail transplant? <gasps> I mean, I thought it was the girl from the end for a second and I was like, <laughs> oh no, you didn't Evan Peters. Get out of here. Uh, well, every girl wants to be a mermaid growing up, right? Yeah, so right. She's, okay. she's just like some some chick, you know. She's not important. <laughs> um, I have a. I think that you can't handle that woman's tail sexuality, and that's why mm. you hate it. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I I beg to differ with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kidding. I'm oh. very comfortable with the tail sexuality. Thank yeah. You very oh much. god. Possibly too comfortable. Uh, Way too comfortable. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, that scene was bonkers. And then I, what I found a part that like chokes me up when I watch it is like after he's like cut her in half, she's like smiling at the doctor because yeah. she like uh. wants this so much. And I, I feel like this, it's intended for you to like. Want to slap her? Like, like you know better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I think yeah. that's like I, I thought that that was a very clear to me a very clear commentary not only on like the Little Mermaid theming that we were talking about a little bit earlier but also just like on people generally wanting to just be different from how they naturally are yeah. because again it's like you're literally taking half of one person and half of another person and switching them so like yeah. this person wants to be that person that person wants to be this person yeah. and that's and it's like I'll just 
physically change myself and that will change who I actually am. Because I was feeling bad for that other girl too. Like, we don't know her at all. She's not a character. But Mm -hmm. if you just sort of assume, you're like, oh, this dummy just thinks that she's going to get a mermaid tail Mm -hmm. and she'll be a little special and different or whatever. Like, both of them. You were like, and one of them wasn't even a real character. I would love, though, to see that girl's journey of, like, just, like, all <laughs> of a sudden just, like, becoming a little bit feral and, like, wanting to, like, eat boys. Yes. Yeah. Golden should have been, like, mm-hmm. listen, yeah. you're my sister now. I got to teach you how to uh, do all this. Yeah. These are <laughs> Let's weird go teeth. to America. Yeah. Did they always have weird teeth when they were mermaids? Because uh-huh. sometimes, I thought at the beginning they sometimes had their normal teeth. I think it was like, very much like a vampire thing where it's like they seem to be able to do it at will mm-hmm. um, or in moments of like intense emotion. Like that was like the time they couldn't control it, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was interesting. Like the the vampire mermaid thing I thought was really cool. Like yeah. I didn't have favorite scenes in this movie so much. I had like favorite ideas and concepts. And like the vampire mermaid one was something I've never seen before. Like it does kind of come back, I guess, like, okay, so in Polish, the word they kept using was siren. Mm-hmm. Like, and I... In, in English, like, mermaid and siren have, like, different connotations, even though they kind of mean the same thing, they come from right. the same idea. But I thought it was really interesting how, like, in these other cultures that, like, don't necessarily have different words for it, it's, like, siren has the singing connotation, and I think that, like, a lot of people now in, like, in, in, in American culture with, like, the kind of, like the cult of the mermaid or whatever you want to call it. I think there's like this, I think there's like a cult-like kind yes, of thing around absolutely. mermaids nowadays, but like the whole singing aspect is not like front and center in that. But I think that it's interesting how like in the Polish culture, at least that, that is, they're so closely tied. And so like, there's like a very direct line from being mermaid to being like nightclub singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I found that really fascinating as well. And like how that, that was, that kind of played into the story. Just like Hans Christian Andersen wrote it. Exactly. Mermaid one to one. It just, it's like a perfect marriage. It's so great how like that theme works. Like they're mermaids and they sing in this nightclub. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I I really love that. Um, One of my favorite scenes was the loop where they are Mm -hmm. all like fighting and stuff. But I I love it. I love it so much. I think the choreography is great. The song is beautiful. Um, But also they did this like really cool thing where like they looked like they were underwater. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was like intentional for, you know, like they're kind of like soaked in this like mermaid world now. And Mm -hmm. like, and there's a few scenes in the club even where the people are going crazy and they kind of do some like light reflections and it kind of looks like you're underwater. Like you're just kind of like drowning in this. slow motion movements too. Yeah. that, that kind of ties back also to how the magical nature or abilities of the mermaids is kind of ambiguous. Like, you don't know, like, they clearly have, like, some magical elements to their being, mm-hmm. but it's unclear, like, how magic they are and what the extent of their magic. Like, yes, they do seem to, like, have that, that effect on the people around them, but also, like, was the, the underwater effect, was that just strictly a visual thing for the movie audience? Or was that, like, supposed to indicate, like, some kind of effect that the mermaids are having on the people that are in that scene. Like, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff I, I thought was really, yeah, it, the ambiguity I thought was part of what made it intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole movie is, like, taking drugs. It's just, yeah. like, it's so intoxicating. Definitely. I have another scene that I'm wondering how you guys interpreted it, but the scene where they just announced on the news the thing about the man being found with like body parts missing and everything and obviously it's golden gold golden gold Gold. golden golden Mm -hmm. is it it's golden that's yeah that's how it's silver and golden yeah okay Mm -hmm. um and then she and silver go into the other room and fight 
and they start singing the like nursery rhyme thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the jellyfish thing. Yeah, the one jellyfish, two jellyfishes thing. Yeah. What What's going on there? Do you want to? Do you have opinions? I, I don't I have. have opinions. I don't have one readily available. So far away. <laughs> so please. what I think is happening, it's like, it's a sister fight. Golden knows she's in the wrong, so she's the one that's going to be, the one that's kind of like trying to make it right. So mm-hmm. I think this is a nursery rhyme that they must have sang to each other, or like, is known between. Wait, gold. Golden, Golden's the older one with the dark hair, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I feel like Golden knows that she, like, you know, like, ate some wine and Silver's upset because you're going to yeah. ruin our, you know, awesome life with these alcoholic, this alcoholic <laughs> band. Where we don't get paid, yeah. apparently, also. There's, like, a <laughs> yeah. child slave labor never thing that comes anything. in later. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that was just, like, uh, finding common ground, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, I think it was also a tool to let you know the audience that... The thing that they really want is an, an a non amphibious boyfriend, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> as yeah. all teenage mermaids yeah. do. Yeah, we should all we should all want we that boyfriend that's not amphibious. I forgot. I that. thought the scene right before that was interesting, where he goes the the I guess like band we call him band dad. Band dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, band yeah. dad. Um, starts like I don't know who that band is, but he starts like. You know, like, like solo dance. Yeah, it I was like loved I, okay. That. So that was right before the TV news report came on, and when the TV changed to the news report, like at first I thought that like nine nine seven or whatever it showed up on there, which I assume is like Polish nine one one or something yeah. like that now. But I thought it was like a nineteen eighties Polish cop show, and he was dancing yeah. to the theme song. I thought, he and was... I was like, this is awesome. I love this. I went through. So I first thought it was. Because they said something about, like, the drummer, blah, blah, blah. So I thought it was, like, his old band or something. So he was jamming out to his mm, a yeah. song from his old band. And then, yeah, I saw the TV and I was like, oh, it's like a Miami Vice type thing. Like a mm-hmm. Hawaii Five-0 I mean, yeah. intro. Mm-hmm. And then it was just the news. And I was very confused. <laughs> I thought it was, like, um, kind of, like, because that moment felt very, like, a home moment. You know, that, that kind of felt like a memory that mm-hmm. someone had of, like, when my dad used yeah. to act out these songs on the on the telly, yeah, and um, I think what that is is like that's when I feel like they're like the happiest and like feel like a whole family, like mm-hmm. not like family in like the traditional sense, but like you know the band and like the mermaids are all like they're this unit, they care for each other, um, and it's like a happy moment, and then it is immediately like cut by the. Oh, they someone has been murdered, and it's definitely a mermaid. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a lot of balance between like, oh, like it gives you a lot of cues to think that like these people really do care about each other, mm-hmm. and then like, but they are also super dysfunctional. So it kind of makes you reconcile with like even the club owner. It's kind of like, is he exploitative or yeah, does he love them? And he kind of like there's some really some real moments of tenderness. It's both. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's weird because he like, I feel like he like molests them and like does something weird to them bef- yeah. because when they are found like, like drained and like broken, you know, and they're like, what did you do to them? They have to throw them in the swing pool. And he's like, mm-hmm. I didn't do anything. I swear. It's like, and then silver doesn't want him to touch her. Man, that happened so early. Yeah. I completely forgot about it. Cause so much insane yeah. shit happened after yeah. that. But I'm glad you mentioned that because that does, I, I was trying to remember back. I was like, I feel like the club owner did something super sleazy, but I can't mm-hmm. remember what. Yeah, his Besides, first scene was like, ugh, that crazy. was awful. But then yeah. he's like, the fingering thing. Look. There were a, a bunch of the fingering thing. Sorry. Anyway, there was a bunch of um, of his scenes that were cut. I don't know oh. like who oh. he is. 
but I, he was like playing like really awesome piano in some of the scenes that were cut. So I don't know if like they were intentionally cut because like he's supposed to be a villain. It's kind of confusing to like show him potentially maybe like molesting these girls mm-hmm. and then he's like, oh, a good old piano player. Yeah. I don't, like there's so many, like I don't know what was intended with this movie. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I, you know, it's not, it wasn't outright said that he did, so I don't know, but mm-hmm. it was, you know, uh, definitely, I think, strongly hinted at. Yeah, a lot for interpretation here. Mm-hmm. So, one thing we do often, unless there's anything else movie-related. No, I was actually just about to uh, suggest that we yeah. proceed as well. So, yeah, we haven't done this in a little bit, I don't think. But one thing we'll sometimes do is recast movies, usually when they're older. Yeah. But since this is a foreign film... Who do you think would be in the American remake of this? Um, you guys go first, because I was really drawn a blank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I was doing some like just deep dive IMDB, looking through some lists, and I think there's a lot of like up and coming kind of younger actresses that have, you know, kind of made it past the child actor stage uh-huh. that I would love to see get the chance to do something this kind of weird and dark and they're, they're like, post-Disney rebellious years. Yes. Yeah. And even more than like, oh, like I'm a bad girl now. But just like, there's a <laughs> lot of meat to this that I think you could really like, yeah. you could really show what you could do. Zendaya was one. Uh, mm. Haley Steinfeld. I would kind of love to see her as gold. Yeah. I feel like, or gold. I like that. That makes sense. Um, yeah. I feel like she's gotten a lot of like, I'm quirky or like, I'm precocious, but I would love to see her be dark. Same thing with Kiernan Shipka from Mad Men. Yeah, because she's in that Sabrina show now, right? Yeah. yeah. And I also kind of could have seen her as silver. Like, I would, she mm-hmm. hasn't either, yeah. she hasn't been either. She hasn't been, mm-hmm. I'm just straight up dark, and she hasn't been, I'm just sweet and naive. She's always kind of in that. I mean, she kind of started her career with a pretty down the middle, like, a yeah. mat- mature but not edgy role. Yes, so. exactly. Um... And also, uh, I haven't actually watched this show yet, but every time I see her come up, I'm like, oh, she looks very interesting. Jessica Barden from The End of the Fucking World. She mm. seems very, like, I could watch more of her. She's got something oh, interesting yeah. about her. Um, for the boy, there's only one right answer, and it's Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Oh, Chalamet. yeah, you're absolutely right, actually. <laughs> Man, he's the worst. <laughs> he's so hot right now. <laughs> I'm looking up all these people as you're talking about them because I'm oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. bad with Yeah, names. I gotta admit, I'm terrible. No, no, with, with younger actors, I'm terrible. I had to do some research. Like, like, these are all people that I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen them, I've seen them, but... I could see, like, Elle Fanning in, as one of the sisters. Oh, yeah, okay, I think yeah. I could see, like, Elle Fanning as, like, the older sister, probably. Yeah, because, like, uh, the Dakota Fanning generation has kind of aged out, like... There was a lot of people. I was looking at like you know top young actors. And I mean, Elle Fanning's probably twenty four. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I have no yeah. Idea. that's. I mean, they have to be young, but not so young that like the excessive nudity would be. Yeah, for sure. Well, I feel like it's so tough too because I, I feel like what I like about this movie is that like I don't know any of these people, so it's yeah. like makes it more like believable. Like you know, um, and I don't. I was thinking like maybe who was the girl who was in Sleeping Beauty, the like adult Sleeping Beauty. Was that Elle Fanning? The one with Angelina Jolie? No. Oh, okay. I do know where she's about. like. Oh, she's fault. the girl. She takes like Xanax and like has sex with men. Was that the one where Spoiler she. Spoiler alert. Or it's the same girl from the series of unfortunate events. And yes. Like, uh, not kick ass. Uh, that girl. I thought oh, she'd be. Oh, Chloe, Chloe Moretz. Chloe Grace no, 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 Moretz? No no no. no, no, no. 
Uh, is that, wait, is that who you were thinking of, or? No. No. The girl she's thinking of. I know who you're talking about. Give me two I'm going to type in Sleeping Beauty adult film, and I really, oh, no, that's my not work take you computer. Uh, ah, it, it came up. Emily Browning? Is it? Yes. Nice. I thought she'd be a good. Okay. <laughs> such a good, a weak payoff. I thought she'd be a good silver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she'd be good. I yeah. wonder, she'd be good. Because, well, she also, she could play younger. Because mm-hmm. I was trying to think of, like, like young. There's almost something, like, uncomfortably young about, about the girls. Yeah. yeah, about the girls. She, could, I mean, she's going to look, yeah. Emily Browning's going to look uncomfortably young. I felt like so. Silver was, like, commercially could be, like, really beautiful. But I felt like Golden had this, like, awkwardness about her, like, very Polish-lookingness about her that, like, doesn't really translate in America. And I, and I kind of like that. I feel like because they look, they're, like, supposed to be animals. And mm-hmm. I Golden felt, did? I thought Golden was the more, like just like strikingly beautiful oh really she yeah. had that very I, michelle i see what you're talking about because i feel like she had that very like lauren bacall thing where she like constantly had her head tilted down and was like looking out from like under her eyebrows all the time like every scene that she was in she had like her head tilted forward and was like doing that weird mm-hmm. i don't know so I, I i see what you mean um am i confusing them golden is dark hair older dark hair. oh like, no it seems emily like brown should be golden silver to me looks more polish Sorry, yes guys. yeah no i agree with that silver's a little bit more and she's always wearing like kind of very billowy boho mm-hmm. looking whereas like golden's always kind of in a tight dress and something hip i also think that's her natural hair just side note i was like noticing I that was like wondering about that yeah. it is so long it is so long um, who's your recast? Yeah. So I like, oh, I, I'm admittedly, like, I have a huge blind spot for, like, younger actors and actresses these days. So, like, the, I think that, like, the ones that you guys called out are really good choices. I was going to, I was thinking, like, for some reason, for the quote-unquote mom figure in the singer in the band, I was thinking Kristen Wiig. Um, <gasps> oh, I think that would be, like, yeah. a, I think that would be an amazing Kristen Wiig role, you know? Interesting. I went a totally different route with that, and I was thinking more of, like, a Carla Gugino, kind of, like, a very... Oh, yeah tender beautiful woman who you could also see being just like so like worn down and mm-hmm. jaded by the yeah. world like oh. you know she seems so beautiful and kind that you just want to love her and make her a mother figure but then like, but, like have this, a very deep in like the Zack Snyder movies that she's in she's she definitely like plays that like you know both both sides of what you're describing mm-hmm. there like Watchmen specifically yeah. I, I kind of love Kristen Wiig as, like, the band mom, and then, like, Mel Horowitz as the band dad. Young Mel Horowitz. Like, the dad from Clueless. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like, because he, like, because that guy had a look to him. You know, like. He was, like, one of those guys who, like, looks like he could either be harmless or, like, a child murderer or something. You know, either way. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was, like, adorable. I also, uh, I wrote down, I thought, like, Amy Adams could be a good band mom. Ooh, yeah. I did think of Amy Adams. I'm not always her biggest fan, yeah. honestly. That's why I didn't go with her. But yeah. Kristen Wiig is one of those that I, That's I would great. see any movie she was in. Like, I love she, her. She's going to win an Oscar, like, sooner than later. I think that, like, the right role comes along, she will absolutely be, like, I haven't seen her people. in a dramatic role. I think the Skeleton Twins is supposed twins, to be dramatic, yeah. but I didn't see it. Yeah, it's Oh, I it's did pretty, see that one. Yeah. It's good. It's I very loved good. it. Yeah. I think I, you would like that one. All right. Well, I, I re I not recently, but um, every now and again I'll rewatch the Joe Schmo show on YouTube. <laughs> I and, forgot about that. Yeah, it's amazing. And uh it's insane that they did this to this poor fucking guy. Like imagine you were like, I'm making best friends. I'm having this un- this experience, this unique experience on a reality TV show and everyone is like so nice and this is so wacky and then you find out that like it's like your worst nightmare that everyone's laughing at you and like you're the you know what I mean? And Kristen Wiig was on it. 
She's really funny in it, but... Uh, was she? Wow. Yeah, she plays like a... She's supposed... Her facade is like a psychiatrist. Oh, And she's wow. like... It's like before she was famous at all. That's yeah. so great. I love seeing things that's like their first acting credit. It's like yeah. before anyone knew who they were. <laughs> I actually met the guy who plays... There's a guy who plays like the, the gay Cuban in the, so the show, and I was at this thing at, I think, uh, some place. I don't remember. I think it was the Village Theater. And I was like, you know how you look like? You look this guy who's like an actor playing this like gay Cuban in the Joe Schmo show. And he was like, I am that guy. <laughs> no <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. That is such a specific pull. And for them to be like, oh uh, yeah, that's me. That's he was like, maybe, he was like, I was also on Cranked, like that prank call show with puppets. Oh, Crank oh, Yankers. No. Crank Yankers. Crank Yankers, oh, yeah. No. But no, uh, he was really cool. And I was like, oh my God, this is like the first time ever that I'm like, you look at this person and you're like, I am that person. <laughs> It's me. And it's also a, such an obscure reference. <laughs> He's um, like, I literally never get recognized. I was going to say, yeah. honestly, so you much. probably made his month. Yeah. yeah. I was like, huh, I'm famous. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. So, yes. Uh, sorry, was that a point of order? What's up? I was going to say, um, what about shows or movies that we recommend from this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was actually thinking of, there's a movie that I, Michelle, you might have at least heard of this called Streets of Fire. No. Ooh. If you like this. Okay. So Streets of Fire is, I think it came out in like 1984. Walter Hill, who is famous for 48 Hours, The Warriors, Mm -hmm. movies like that. He made this. It looks so good. It is based on Jim Steinman music, which is the songwriter for Meatloaf. So that should tell you something if you're familiar with the music (laughs) of one, uh, Meatloaf. Um, but no, it's this bizarre, like, 1950s in the 80s rockabilly thing with, like, Willem Dafoe, who looks like a vampire, but he's not a vampire. But it's, like, this kind of, like, pseudo-fantasy, like, uh, dream-like reality that, uh, and it's, it's a musical also, uh, that takes place in this kind of bizarre, like, semi-innocent, semi-dangerous world. Anyway, it's, that was the movie that came to mind when I watched this one, because it's bizarre in very, very similar ways, even though mm-hmm. the themes are totally different. This looks amazing. You, I think, would love it oh if you haven't gosh. seen it. I'm going to watch it tonight. <laughs> we'll have a recap mini soon. enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, how about, uh, how about you guys? I'm drawing a blank. This one was, like, unlike anything else i It was I've hard. Seen, honestly. I mean, it's got a little bit of the, like, modern musical, but there's nothing... Anything I could think of was too narratively straightforward to really good, be a good pairing, so... Yeah. I was reading people saying this, like, if you like Lynch, you'll like this, but, like, honestly, like, Lynch is really hit or miss for me because I feel like yeah. he's, he's too much style over substance, and I feel like there's so much, like metaphor and substance yeah. here that I think it's a disservice to say it's like completely stylistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see a lot actually, of comparisons. Actually, I, this is a movie that like, I don't remember the details of at all, but I remember seeing a long time ago and thinking it was really interesting, but like the movie Ginger Snaps. Yeah. <laughs> with About the werewolf sisters. That is a good call. I think, yeah. I think that one would be a perfect pairing with is this it, one. It's, like, not, it's not a stretch not at all. not a musical, but no, no, no. Uh, it should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ginger Snaps the musical would be amazing, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, um, I kept thinking this would make a great musical adaptation. Like, I would see this on stage yeah. for sure. The only movie that came to mind um, was Velvet Goldmine, honestly, for the like just the the glitz and glamour. I had no idea you'd seen that movie. Yep, interesting. Take it off your list. Damn. Um, But yeah, that's literally all I could think of. But I did keep thinking I would watch. 
I had a couple of things written down of like, I would watch a musical adaptation of this. I would watch a, <laughs> like, I think a short form film version of this, of all these different scenes separately. Probably and Phantom of the Paradise would be another good I one. Was, I had the same thing written down, yeah. 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 So good. <laughs> <laughs> That's more for like the setting and the and the musical nature of it, and then like it's like if Ginger Snaps and Phantom of the Paradise had a baby <laughs> that was Polish that was raised in Poland, that would be yeah. this movie. I um I wrote down non non movies. Please. Um, so I thought if you like the show Sabrina, you'd mm-hmm. really like this. I was hoping it was gonna be like human experiences or like oh, yeah. if you stand outside on a windy day it's if like you're that. a woman who you know like grew up fast you, know, you probably would love this movie if you ever uh, get your name wrong at a coffee boy. shop you'd probably yeah. like <laughs> yeah um, I also thought if you liked Buffy or like the especially like the Buffy the musical episode like you'd probably like this old Buffy or new Buffy old what's old new Buffy, Buffy? Yeah. The new... Oh, no, sorry. That's Sabrina. I'm getting confused. I was like, I was thinking you're meaning the comic books, which I have not read, but I heard they're good. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but like Sam Neill's Merlin and mm. uh, Sigourney Weaver's Snow White. Ooh. Oh. Sigourney Weaver played yes. like the, the witch and Snow White, and it's a fucking weird movie. Oh, no way. Ooh. I've seen the Julie Roberts version, <laughs> not the Sigourney Weaver I would like version. to see Sigourney Weaver and Julie Roberts in a Snow White movie together. Yes. Both are the witches. That sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, this is a, actually reaching directly back to that Polish cinema class that I was telling you guys about. Ah. Michelle, you may have seen, again, you may have seen this or possibly just heard of it, um, Possession, which mm-hmm. is Andrzej Żuławski... And it's it's a it's it's an English language movie starring Sam Neill about a guy who suspects that his wife is cheating on him with a uh, netherworld monster. Um, it's bananas. I didn't love it personally, but Michelle, I think you might like it more I, than I did. This I'm looking at images of it, and it looks really familiar. I feel like maybe I've seen this. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Also, like I said, it's another Polish uh, director. Neill. Um, yeah, you want to make a deep dive into Polish movies, you'll find a lot of weird yeah. shit. Like, <laughs> I would love you to make me a Polish movie uh, playlist. I can probably yes. find my syllabus from 2007. <laughs> the cue. Um, but yeah, I um, so I really love uh, folklore. I in school we they took kind of like the wayward kids, like a group of us wayward bad kids, and they had we had like a special teacher who like taught us folklore because we I don't know, and then um, so. She was like, at, basically, we'd come to class every day and learn about all the myths and legends and like act them out in plays. And so I developed this like huge love of myth and lore. And um, so I, I found like uh, maybe watching like the Tale of Tales would be good. It's like this modern, it's like taking folk tales and making them kind of modern. I think that they're all actually original. I don't recall them sounding familiar, but it's a newer movie, um, I think with Selma Hayek in it. Mm. But it's an anthology piece, I think, that eventually comes together. Like, it's in the same time period, but it's different stories, but at the end, they're all the same place. Um, I also, um, have you guys seen the show with um, John Hurt from HBO? It's a Jim Henson thing. It's um, The Storyteller. No. Oh. Okay, it's great. Uh, the storyteller they t- they retell myths and folklore through like actor. It's kind of like Wishbone, but there's like puppets. <laughs> but there's like puppets in it, and it's cool. It's intended for kids, but there's like some sad stuff that happens. Anyways, I think that that would be if you like this, maybe maybe you'd like that. Um, also, there's a video game called Rule of Rose that reminds me so much of this in a way. 
Um, it's this video game was actually banned in a few countries for being. Sign me up. Yeah. Um, I, it's actually I think like really expensive and hard to get. I used to have it, but somebody <laughs> stole it at a party of mine. What? Time. I know. I'm like nerd. Like who does that? <laughs> You're um, a thief and a huge I dork. I know, like, my home. <laughs> like, how do you know? You eat my and then, like, why would you? Um, but uh, yeah, Rula Rose. It's like it follows this girl who's like has amnesia, but she used to go be in an orphanage, and it kind of, um, it's like the fantastical realm merged with like her memories and and like what's real. So it's amazing, but it's definitely like again like rites of passage, like things you go through and these. It's so cool. Like, I would definitely look up the game Rule of Rose, but it kind of reminds me of this, of just, like, a dark fairy tale. Nice. It also did a little bit remind me of um, um, Sucker Punch, like the Zack oh, Snyder okay. movie. Yeah. I wish that was better. I, I okay. So that's, that's what I was that's trying a, to think with that, Emily Browning. That is the movie Emily I was Browning, yeah. Wait, I thought you said you hadn't seen that. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. But I know well, Emily Browning. It's on the list. Okay, so that's that's actually on the list, because I actually really like that movie, but again, it's... It's one of those movies where like I like it, but not for like the reasons that I think creeps like it. Like I like yeah. it for like different oh, reasons. People like it for different reasons. Oh, because like they're sexy. It's like sexy. Yeah, yeah. Sexy. I'm like Asylum Girls. Like, I, it's monsters. a comic book originally, right? Uh, I I think this was a Zack Snyder original. I'm not positive about that. Because I remember when I, not to get into it. You guys can save it for. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, earmuffs. Yeah, um, but I I felt like it would have been much better if it was like a show and that can, you could get perhaps. like seven hours out of. Oh. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, uh, yeah, but I I mean we'll def- some point we will talk about this. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely thought that the idea of like the exploitation of these like teenage girls was very handled in similar ways. That makes in a these lot two. of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, they're, it's not a one to one. It's a little bit loose, but I I. I I was reminded of it because I thought the presentation was similar mm-hmm, nice. um, in the fantasy angle and whatnot. Yeah. Um, a lot of good places to go from here. For sure. If you watched yeah. The Lure with us and you really liked it, I'm going to check out some of these. They sound actually fascinating. And I did really like spending an hour and a half in this world. It's so funky. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm so glad that you guys watched it and yeah. we could talk about it. Ugh. This is a good one. Um, any plugs you want to throw in, Michelle, as we wrap up? What yes. you got, Michelle? I got some plugs. So um, I still like how about Yollywood Film Festival and coming up we have uh, the Southern Fried Game Expo. Yollywood is going to be a sponsor this year. We've been a sponsor for a couple years. Um, but we host this like film festival screening. It's like gaming and genre films. So the Southern Fried Game Festival, it's like a bunch of games like in a hotel. They break. You have like a huge ballroom full of like every single pinball machine. And Whoa. like there's oh, so every these are like arcade games, not like necessarily games. Like, all kinds you know. of games, oh, yeah. Right. And then a couple years ago, the guy who was like really good at Pac-Man, Bobby something. You guys, I'm, no. drawing, a blank. I'm drawing a blank too. Oh man, I'm sure he was on King of yeah. Kong. I know. But I, I was don't trying know. to think. I, I don't know who you're talking about. Apparently, he's like a huge deal. I don't know, but yeah, it's just like they Wait, have like Billy every, Mitchell. Yes, Billy Mitchell. Billy? He was there. Oh, yeah, God. a couple oh. years ago. You could play him. Um, and he was like wearing oh, a, he was wearing an now. entire white suit. Oh, thank <laughs> yeah. God. Anyways, uh, yeah, and then I was like, I just it's like such a friendly environment, and then there's board games everywhere. Uh, we Yellywood, we've been a part of it for a few years now, and it's happening uh, July twelfth through fourteenth. Um, at the Renaissance Waverly, and if you'd like to have your film there, uh, submissions are still open. So you just go to like org or the Southern Fried Game Expo. But it's so much fun. Like, I walked, I, have you ever played Werewolf? 
Yeah. Yes. So yes. I was like walking around and like like a group of like twenty strangers were like I was looking for my group of friends that can find like, hey, why don't you come play werewolf? So I played werewolf with like twenty strangers and it was so fun and it's everyone has a love of games. Everyone's so friendly. It's so much fun. I would highly recommend it. Oh my god, that's awesome. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Michelle. This has been an absolute delight. This was such a, a unique and interesting film for us to discuss. Absolutely. What a great kickoff to season ah, three. You guys, thank you. You know I've been wanting to like, talk to you about this movie forever. And also, um, yeah, just thanks so much. And then uh, I was going to say thanks to the wine, but like I, I got it from Fred and I brought it and then I drank all of it. No one so. paid for it, so you don't have to thank yeah. anybody. Thank the gods for the wine. Indeed. Yeah. Bacchus. Yeah, I've been watching Home <laughs> lately. Oh, anyway. gotcha. Um, well, cool. So, yeah, that brings us to the end of our first episode of season three, folks. Uh, thank you so much for sticking with us through our holiday hiatus, and uh, we are so excited to be bringing more more of that top shelf movie discussion content with mm-hmm. top shelf guests uh, for quality. the next top few shelf. weeks. Patron guests. Indeed, yeah. yes. <laughs> Great goose. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's going to do it for us for today. Thank you as always for joining us, but until next week, I'm Kyle. I'm Kari. And this has been KVC, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Oh, it's so good, it's so good, it's so good, it's so good.